Welcome to the Moms Hustle Different Podcast, where we discuss Black moms navigating work and motherhood. Welcome to Moms Hustle Different. I'm your host, Brenda Miller, and I'm excited to join you again for another episode of the podcast. This episode is going to release the Monday before Valentine's Day. So I'm wondering how you all are balancing all the things with your kids, your significant other. And one of the things that I chose to do this week was take two days off in the middle of the week and just chill. I took a two hour nap. I got my hair done finally. I hadn't got my hair done since like November. So I finally got my hair done. I did some shopping and honestly it filled my soul (laughs) so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna challenge you to schedule a me day where you take off work and you do some things that you enjoy alone you hear that i said alone (laughs) self-love is so important so make sure that as you are loving on others this week that you love on yourself too. So to hold you accountable, I want you to send me a DM on Instagram or you can email me and let me know when you've scheduled your day. All that information will be in the show notes. Um, But before we go into our interview, I would like to remind you guys that if you're on Apple Podcasts, you have the opportunity to rate and write a review for Moms Hustle Different. By doing that, you show others that this podcast is worth listening to. So please take the time to rate the podcast and write a review. I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. But now to the <laughs> to the actual interview, we have Jasmine Reynolds on the podcast. And I think you'll enjoy her energy and her transparency. She shares her mom and her career journey unapologetically And she gave us some great tips on how to put yourself first. So without further ado, let's listen and hear from Jasmine Reynolds. Jasmine Reynolds is a wife and mother of two amazing young boys. She is a lifestyle coach for moms out of Atlanta, Georgia. Jasmine is a published author, speaker, and educator who helps ambitious moms shift their thinking and refocus on themselves to live a lifestyle free of inner struggles and full of authority. Her mission is to inspire women, especially moms, to boldly, confidently, and unapologetically place themselves back at the top of their priority list. She encourages all women to live the mantra, choose you, and watch everything else choose you too. Welcome, Jasmine, to the podcast. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for absolutely having me today. I'm super excited. I'm so glad you're here too. So we normally start off our podcast with just a section called Brag on Your Baby. So this is the opportunity to tell us about your children. Let us know what they're doing, what they're up to. Okay, so I am the proud mom of a 10-year-old, a three-year-old, and you guys get the tea because your girl is expecting another oh shucks now (laughs) so yeah I haven't even announced it yet so you guys heard it here first um so um my 10 year old is 
Oh, super, super intelligent. Um, and I know probably all parents think that, but when I, when I say this guy is, I don't know, like he can build absolutely anything. You can give him Legos, you can give him blocks, you can give him uh, any type of thing to put something together. Like he is just super intelligent and the way his mind works just blows me away. So my 10 year old is phenomenal. My three-year-old, like that is my little daredevil. Like he is so um, enthusiastic and free and I love his spirit. And so uh, he just went back to daycare. You know, we've been in a pandemic and so uh, he was out of childcare for a while. Um, but since going back for the last 83 months, when I say he has soared in his social skills, his fine motor skills, and so mommy is super proud of that. And so baby to be, like baby to be just surprised us because um, we were really hoping for a little girl. But I guess I'm just the mom of kings because we just found out the other day that we are having another little boy. All so, right now. Um, Hashtag boy mom. Hashtag boy mom. True boy mom. Like they won't let me be great with a little girl, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. And congratulations. It's exciting. Bring another one on board. Another king. So really excited for you. And cheers to that with some apple cider. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about like where you were in your career um, when you first became a mom. Oh, when I first became a mom, I was actually in corporate America um, working one of the worst (laughs) I feel like Um, I was in retail at a major pharmacy company, Um, I guess in America, if you want to say I was I was working for Walgreens in management. And um, the crazy part is I graduated from college, maybe that time, maybe like May 20, 2009. And then maybe a couple months later, um, I found out I was pregnant. And so uh, I had my son going in my second year of corporate America in management um, when I became a mom. And I was doing absolutely everything that I could to leave that place because I wanted to spend time with my baby I knew in management that was not going to happen, especially working for the boss that I was working for. Yeah. You were working like long hours and stuff like that or... Yes, it was it was long hours. And my boss at the time was just, he was horrible. And when I say horrible, I mean, I'm seven months pregnant. And we had this thing where you can get two 15 minute um, interrupted breaks and a 30 minute uninterrupted break. And so I had closed that night and opened up the next morning and I was actually like hungry. I hadn't eaten that morning for trying to open up, get the employees straight and things of that nature. And so um, when my manager finally came in a little while after my then boyfriend, now husband came in to bring me something to eat. And so I went and asked, was it okay? Could I take a 15 minute? And you're supposed to have those at, you know, at your leisure because they're interrupted. And so I just went to ask just to be sure so people could know where I was. And this man told me that I could not have that 15 minute break 
He told me that I could not get anything to eat, that he knew that I knew what I was getting myself into when I got into management and I knew what I was in once I got pregnant. So uh, what I end up doing is sneaking the burger that my uh, boyfriend had just given me, sneaking into the women's bathroom in the um, handicap stall, eating my burger, crying because I was hungry and I was scared I was going to get caught. And I knew at that moment, it couldn't be. I had to leave. I had to go. Yeah. I mean, that's the worst when you got people who just are so irritated with their own life that they mm-hmm. just got to make everybody else's life bad mm-hmm. by yeah, just, was- especially when somebody's pregnant, you know, right. like when you're pregnant, you ready to eat. Like, all right, I need right. a snack. I need right. something. Right. You got to stay on your feet and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. That's not, mm-mm. So then, Crazy. so you were seven months pregnant then. So did you end mm-hmm. up quitting like before or after you had the baby? Or how did that work out after. for you? After. End up quitting afterward. Um, because like I said, the entire time that I was pregnant, I was looking, I was on a search. And then I knew that I needed something that was going to allow me to spend time with my child. Because once I had my son, then I got into, I had to, you know, find daycare for him six weeks in. I really didn't want to do that, but I had to do that because I had to go back to work. Um, I worked on, I worked nights, long nights, probably will close at like 11. Sometimes I wouldn't get home to one o'clock. So long nights, I worked weekends. I was like, what can I find that, um, you know, I could get my nights and weekends off. And the crazy part was I've always wanted to be a teacher. So me and my, one of my line sisters joked about it in college. We was like, we're going to go back and be teachers and we're going to teach social studies. And we just going to let them read the book and answer the questions at the end of every chapter. Like that's how we was going to run our classroom. But I actually thought about that and us joking about that. And I really started to pursue um, my career in education and uh, ended up getting hired at my former high school um I, I just had a really good reputation my sister she was a outstanding student my mom was really close with everybody there and um somebody threw my name out there and they gave me a call and I ended up going into education starting out at, at level at the age of 23 and so uh that's how the education career began and i i just remember that day going in to tell mr craig i I went in to say something and he gave me this little smart remark and i had that smirk you know that smirk you have on the face when you to tell them something they're gonna be like what so uh mr craig said something to me and i was like okay uh mr craig and i was like you know and by the way um today I'll be putting in my two weeks notice. And he was like, what? You're, you're leaving? Yes, I'm leaving. I am leaving this crap hole and I'm excited about it. I'm going to teach. I'm going to be educators. I got my nights and my weekends and my holidays and I'll be with my baby. So it was like the most fulfilling thing ever. The most fulfilling conversation I had. And so, yeah, that's how I went from management to education. That's cool. I mean, I had one of those conversations before too, when you have a boss and you're just like, you just anticipating, you know, you're coming back and you're just like, all right, how am I going to play this out? What am I going to do? What am I going to say? And you want to do all this crazy stuff. I remember I was literally in my house that night singing um, Survivor. <laughs> I'm a 
father, I'm not gonna give up. Yes, girl. <laughs> I was like, now that you're out of my life, I'm so much better. better. Yes, girl. <laughs> so I definitely Don't recognize it. On them. Because right. it's one of those things where you just, it lifts a weight off of your mm-hmm. shoulder to mm-hmm. leave toxic environments. Absolutely. And especially, you know, when you have a child, it brings out a whole nother side of you because you're like man like this child I want to see him I can't Mm -hmm. sit here and just be working all the time and not just working days working nights and you know Mm -hmm. by the time I get home he sleep you know like that's I can see why you're like man I gotta find something else so then you go to a high school at 23 Mm -hmm. When you probably still look like you're 18 yeah, <laughs> and 17. Yeah. So what was that like transitioning, even though it's your old high school, all that stuff? Um, There were a lot of different things that kind of transpired. Because like I said, it was at my, it was at my former high school. So everybody, I'm from a very small town in Southwest Georgia called Camilla, Georgia. Most of the time when I tell people that nobody ever knows where that is, have never heard of it, but most people have heard of Albany, Georgia, because Mm -hmm. that's where Albany State, my alma mater, shout out to the Rams, um, (laughs) that's where um, Albany State is located. So Camilla is about uh, 20, 22 minutes south of that. Okay. And so um, the high school that I started, a lot of people back in the day know, known us for our uh, sports and everything. And so the small town, everybody knows everybody. So when I'm going into the school system, there are still teachers there who taught me. Like I said, somebody, some being a great student and making a good impact got me a job. Yeah. <laughs> my sister being a really, really good student helped with that. And my mom being involved with us and, um, you know, being a part of the school system as well also helped with that. So, you know, I had former teachers who were there who were excited to see me, like my Spanish teacher, Senora Green. Like when she saw me, it wasn't uh, Miss Burns or Jasmine, it was Codman. She called me Codman in, in, in school, in class. And so that's who I was to her. So that part was fun. It was amazing. And you had people to help you out and kind of take you under their wings and, and you know, really, really show you the ropes of what it was like to be an educator and, a, and an effective educator. Um, but there were also challenges because people knew you. The students knew me. They knew me as Jazz. And so I had to get across, listen, this ain't Jazz no more. This is Miss Burns. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is Miss Burns. And, and this is what I needed to be. Um, and then everybody knows this whole energetic me, but there's something about being an educator and educating kids and making sure, especially high school, high schoolers at the age of 23, there's a certain type of precedence that you have to set down. There's a certain type of persona that you have to make known so they know that you're absolutely serious and you're serious about their craft, um, about your craft. And it was nothing about it was negative. I loved every minute of it. I actually became um, a basketball coach. I got to do all the things that I loved to do. Um, I played basketball, track. I did, I read track. I was in a band. I got a chance to do all of that over again, but to guide other young women through it. So it was absolutely cool. Um, The reason why I was because my son, he was getting older. And even though I was uh, receiving a lot of great opportunities uh, business-wise, you know, financially and things like that, uh, I wanted him to be exposed to a lot more. 
going down there made me realize or made me recap, even though my teachers were phenomenal, there were things that I learned in college or that I was exposed to that other students were exposed to that I wasn't in high school that I wanted my child to have the opportunity to be exposed to. There's something about exposure. Us uh, moving to Atlanta, you know, driving to Atlanta was a four hour drive. But if I wanted to take him to the Martin Luther King Museum, or if I wanted to take him to Coca-Cola, or if I wanted to expose him to something that I didn't have exposure to, I didn't have to ride four hours. It's 30, 40 minutes down the road now. And then they're so, the culture is so diverse um, than it is down there. I just wanted him an opportunity to be exposed to other things. And then I wanted him an opportunity to get a very, very strong foundation in his academics. And I, and, I, and that's when I made the decision to move. But being an educator down there, girl, was phenomenal. If I didn't have him, I'd probably still be down there because everything was going well. I yeah. mean, you know, coaching, teaching, training, doing what I love. That's my passion. That's what I feel that I'm called to do. I'm working with uh, young women. It was amazing. That's good. I mean... It's always nice to be able to know that not only did you enjoy what you do, but you had an impact mm. on people and they could look at you and like, oh yeah, you know, yeah. I remember you helped me with this or yeah. whatever else and running into them at the store or whatever else. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. So when you moved to Atlanta, did you stay mm-hmm. an educator or you transition into something else? Yes, honey. Um, once an educator, always an educator. So did I stay inside of those four walls? Yes, I stayed inside of those four walls for, for a little while, for about mm, six years um, when I moved up here. Um, I started teaching at like a private charter school. That didn't work out. Um, I was trained really, really well. Um, I started out in special education. So I was trained really, really well in my, and then the school at that point they weren't up to par in that area. And so I feel like they wanted me to do things that were going to threaten my livelihood. And nobody's going to threaten my livelihood. No job, no person, no other entity is going to threaten my life. And and I really, really cared about students and I really cared about student growth. And I consider my advocate, I consider myself an advocate for students. And so when you start to mess with that, then that's when I realized that wasn't the right environment for me. So I stayed at that particular school for about four months. And then I transitioned over into one of the major counties here. Phenomenal transition. Oh, I love every bit of teaching. Uh, then, especially the art of teaching. The only time that it was challenging and when it made me feel like I needed to do something different was when education started to feel like it was getting away from the art of teaching. It was more about numbers and it wasn't about really, really taking in consideration the students, the real students, the whole students, not just what they're making on tests. And so um, I found a a love for instructional technology. Um, um, I had a principal who was absolutely phenomenal and forward thinking. And so um, we were what they called a Microsoft school. 
And, you know, there were a lot of eyes on our schools and, and we did a lot of trainings. And so I had opportunity to train across the district. I had opportunities to go to different states and train on the things that we were doing at our school. I really got to expand my craft and my love and my passion for teaching, training and coaching people on how to do the things that I knew. And so that was that really kind of solidified. This is this is what you're supposed to be doing. Not necessarily in these four walls, but this is what you're supposed to be doing. Like this ain't yeah. just something you really, really like. This is this is it. So it was, good. Good. It was absolutely amazing. That's good. I mean, it's it's nice to um, have that experience and to be able to navigate through your career and finding the various things that you enjoy and being able to. I guess, find a renewed sense of purpose in it, even outside of just teaching um, students, but also being able to teach adults and um, having an opportunity. And I mean, it even shows that people recognize what you were doing because then they're sending you out to other schools, to other districts, stuff like that. So that's pretty cool as well. And that's, it's a testament to the work that you're doing. So Mm -hmm. loved it. So then what was after that? Like, so now, I mean, because you had a 10-year-old and you have a three-year-old now. So mm-hmm. somewhere in here, we're having another baby. And- yes. Uh, so, um, oh, this long story short, after leaving that particular school, I went on to do teaching, coaching, and training on instructional technology and personalized learning at a major university here in Atlanta. And so I had the opportunity to go into the same school that I had come from, same school district I had come from. Uh, that particular group, we were able to go into different districts and help teach, coach, and train teachers of how to use personalized learning, instructional technology, basically teach teachers how to enhance uh, the learning environment or the learning experience. So uh, that became hands-on. I got a free degree. I got my specialist at that time in instructional technology. Um, But even in that, I went through some personal things because this is where baby number two came in at. Um, I went through some personal things. So my first son's father, who is now my husband, he and I broke up a little while after I went to um, my first teaching job when I moved back home. He and I broke up maybe a year after that, and we weren't together for like seven years. Um, and But we co-parented really, really well. And um, he dated and I dated and I was in a relationship. Um, I actually got into bodybuilding uh, during that time. There's so much that happened. I'm trying to tell y'all, but so much that happened. But um, long story short, was in a relationship with this guy. He was absolutely phenomenal to me. So I thought and uh, getting prepared for my second show, my second bodybuilding show, I was four weeks out. I find out that I'm six weeks pregnant with my second son. And so many emotions went through my body because at that time, I don't, I don't knock anybody for this. My mom, she was a single mom. She had three of us. We had two different um, fathers. Me and my sister had the same father and our older brother had a different father, but I just never wanted that life for me. Um, I wanted all of my children to have the same father, but my, my oldest son, I knew I wasn't going to be with his dad. I just knew like it was nothing you could tell me to tell me I was going to be with that man. Um, So I knew that the next, time that I had a child I wanted to have it from my husband 
And so when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, I wasn't trying to get pregnant, but I wasn't doing everything to keep me from getting pregnant. Let's be honest. Right. And um, lo and behold, found out I was pregnant and um, maybe a week after my second show, I'm sitting on my bed, looking out my window to the left, and it's just a good day, and my, my boyfriend had called earlier, he was like, hey, you know, I'm getting ready to come over there, I want to spend some time with you, because he's getting ready to go out of town to see one of his family members in another state, and so I was like, okay, so we're good, everything's going great, but I'm sitting on the edge of my bed, I'm like the left side of my bed, I never forget, my TV is sitting in front of me, but there's a window to my left. And I start looking out the window and I hear this voice clear as day say to me, you need to ask some questions because this ain't what you think it is. And I'm like, what? Like, you need to ask some questions because this is not what you think it is. So my boyfriend comes over and when he comes over, we're talking, we're having a good time. He is, um, he was an aspiring photographer, amazing photographer. And so um, he had also brought over some equipment uh for me to start to um record because I said I wanted to vlog my pregnancy um and so he bought over some equipment so I can get up and record every day and so I asked him in our conversation like I said nothing was wrong and I ended up asking him three important questions that gave me very three very distinct answers and turned my world upside down and so those questions were the first question I asked led me led him to telling me that you know before um we got pregnant um he didn't want to have any children but since we were pregnant then he would just have to roll with the punches and so for me that said, said to me so you really don't want this baby you just going along with it crush cool we talked about marriage right he knew marriage was a big thing to me and I had asked him when we had first started back communicating not even dating yet but we had first started back communicating and I say started back communicating because we had been in a relationship before and mm. he broke up with me on Valentine's Day and he solidified it on my birthday which is February 16th and I left that I left that dude alone um and I just vowed that I wasn't gonna talk to him no more but then I started back talking to him so you know how we do anyway so um when we start back talking we talk just it was like single how you how do you feel about it and he was like you know um, I I just don't see myself getting married in the near future and I'm like okay shoot I ain't trying to get married right now whatever I just want to know what you saying you said not in the near future so we good so he told me then he said well you know when I told you that I didn't want to get married in the near future the truth of the matter is married at all and so I was like wait what what'd you say like when did that happen the thing this man told me he was like to be totally honest with you before we started back communicating um I was fine with being single and I want to be single again mind you nothing was wrong in our relationship he was coming over to spend time with me I was told instructed directed to ask questions because this wasn't what I thought it was what I thought it was and it turned out not to be what I thought it was yeah. crushed me fell into a depression um just could not bring myself to even look at myself I'm thinking to myself here I am two baby daddies neither one of them want to be with me like who's gonna want to want me from here like just all these different emotions started eating and you know it was just crazy I wouldn't go anywhere I would just go to work I would do, I mean, I'm in school full-time at this time. So I, I'm, I'm running my business, my fitness business at the time, part 
part-time. I'm in school full-time getting a specialist. I have a, a at that time, eight-year-old that, that I'm taking care of. Um, like I said, I don't know if I said this, already, but I'm working full-time. It's so much stuff going on. I don't have time to be depressed, but I'm depressed. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm having thoughts of abortion. I'm having thoughts of um adoption things that I said I would never do and and I was put in a situation that made me think of things I thought I would never think of yeah um but you know from there um I ended up that sparked me um really really going back into my business blowing my business up because after my son was born the same man told me well this is all I'm going to do to support my son so you got to figure the rest out so I had to I had to get some money somewhere um my fitness business blew up that I that uh adversity situation um actually put me in a better place to be able to help women in a different way especially as it came to fitness especially as it came to women just really believing in themselves counting on themselves just things of that nature and um it also put me in a position where I didn't have enough time to do my full-time job so I took a leap of faith and I went full-time entrepreneur um around uh June of 2019 and so yeah that's where the book came from that's where everything came from you're like that I mean that's one of those things where you have to pivot adjust and that's why mom like why I say mom's hustle different it's Mm -hmm. not that it's better or worse than anybody else like I'll continue to say that it's -hmm. just something that has to click because Mm -hmm. you recognize okay I have this child that came Mm -hmm. out of my freaking body I gotta Mm -hmm. figure out what the heck I'm gonna do I can be depressed but I still gotta figure out how I'm gonna wake up and get this kid where he needs to go so it's kind of like it shifts us a little bit and it makes us say like, all right, this is a greater purpose. Even Mm -hmm. when you are having those feelings of, Mm -hmm. you know, depression and like, should I do a portion? What should I do? And it's like, but you still are trying to fit like, even if you a freaking zombie throwing on Mm -hmm. some sweatpants and a t-shirt to take your kid to school, like still trying to figure out how to do it. So I can definitely, you know, relate there and know that I could only imagine you know like how heavy <laughs> right you know when right. you're pregnant mm-hmm. and you already got lots of emotions emotions mm. and hormones happening you're like dang but so you have this fitness business and you're like all right mm-hmm. you know what focus into it I'm about right. to go full time with it right so right. when does the like how did you shift into from that type of coach, from like a fitness coach to more of a lifestyle coach? And how are you doing that now? Okay, so the beautiful thing about my fitness business and the way that I do fitness is I don't just I don't just tell women, you know, what to do, like what to eat. You know, most people, I think when they think of like personal trainers and group trainers and things like that, they think, oh, they're going to give me a workout. They're going to tell me what to eat and then I'm going to blah, 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 blah. But I do a lot of teaching in that. And I realize with my clients that a lot of them, a lot of them met a lot of their goals. A lot of them did phenomenal. But there were some that wasn't reaching goals, even though I'm doing everything that I can. And what I realized in that was they wasn't 
reaching those goals because there was some deeper work that they needed to do. Mm-hmm. There was another type of fitness that they need to reach and it wasn't physical. See, physical fitness the easiest type of fitness to work on but you have emotional fitness you have spiritual fitness you have you know your financial fitness there's so many different things that make us up as people and so I realized that these women had something deeper and even in my fitness groups and things like that we would talk about more than what to eat and and how to move your body we would talk more about life We would talk more about stress. And when you get into those types of things, you start to get a little bit deeper and you start to realize that you got this woman in here in your program that wants to lose weight because that man told her she was big. She, she up here trying to lose weight for herself. And so my, what I believe is you do not, we, we do say that our children are our why, you know, our families are our why, and that's okay. But to be perfectly, perfectly honest with you, I feel like, when we make goals, we need to attach them to ourselves because at any given time, people can leave, you know, circumstances can change, but you are stuck with you forever. And so if you make a goal and you make a commitment, you make a commitment to yourself. I had a lot of women that were not making commitment to themselves, but committing to something based on other people based on Mm -hmm. other things. I had women who were dealing with things that were way deeper than just fitness and it wouldn't allow them to do the things or love themselves enough um, to commit to themselves to reach the fitness goal. And so I started to find out and realize in my groups, I'm doing more life coaching than fitness. Fitness was just a piece of it. Fitness was just the vehicle that connected me to those women. A lot of those women, I told my story, saw how I lost 20 pounds in five weeks and they wanted to know how I did it. And I told them the fitness piece, but as I'm telling them and teaching them the fitness piece, I'm also sharing my life with them. And I'm sharing how important it was for me to make a decision for me. I'm telling them to save my life because it put me in a position where I had to focus on me, period. And so that's how it transitioned over to the lifestyle coaching or the life coaching because the fitness is easy. It was the catalyst. It wasn't, it wasn't the foundation. It wasn't the meat of what I was doing and the meat of what made me unique. And so, and it wasn't what I was teaching women. I was teaching women, choose you. I was teaching women, put yourself at the top of your priority list. And when you put yourself at the top of your priority list, whatever time you say you're going to work out and you commit to it, you're making a commitment to yourself and you're making sure that you're taking care of you. And if you're going to do it fitness wise, then this is what you do. And if, and, and if you want to do it the way I did it, then this is what you do. But if you only want to do yoga, do yoga. If, if that also, um, you know, brings in you journaling, you this, you that, I taught women through fitness how to really get to know themselves again, how to yeah. appreciate themselves again, how to truly love themselves, to kind of to see where they might have gotten away from themselves and how sometimes women use, especially moms, we use our kids as the excuse of either why we do something or why we don't do something. 
Yeah. You know, I won't go I won't go after my dreams because my child this. But what if you thinking about yourself and actually going for your dreams actually puts your child at a better advantage? Because that honestly when I look back at it, when I thought about it, I said, "Oh, I want my I want my son to have a better education. And I want him to be exposed to certain things, right?" And so, um I'm moving because of my son. But when I really looked at the depth of it, I wanted him to have. Yeah. I wanted him to be. He doesn't know. I'm using the fact that I want him to as 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 the means, but honestly, the, the core of it is what I wanted. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so when we really think about those things, we either don't do stuff because we don't want our kids or our family to feel some type of way. But what about what you want? Yeah. What, what about what if what you want is going to put the people around you in a better position? What what if you being relentless and resilient and just really choosing you, finding out who who you are, what you like, what you don't like, what you can tolerate, um, addressing your traumas, even addressing the fact that you have been damaged in some type of way, or I don't all the time like to use damage, but there are some things that have taken place in your life that have altered or maybe shaped or formed your path that you're on. And maybe you don't like your path. Maybe you wake up one day and you've done all this stuff for all these other people and you don't know who the heck you are. Yeah. You don't know who you are. So through fitness, fitness was the catalyst that allowed me to share those types of story with, stories with women and for women to say, you know what, Jazz? You're right. You're right. And, and, and people say all the time, oh, I can't pour from an empty. Say, why pour it all? Why pour it all? I think Ayala Van Zant said it and she put it the best. She said, everything that goes in my cup is for me. Mm. Everything that goes in my cup is for me. So if I'm constantly pouring into myself and I'm putting myself in situations where people are pouring into me, I have the ability to have overflow and abundance and everything that comes in my cup is for everybody else. And so you think about a cup that's constantly being filled, constantly being filled, constantly being filled. You can't go on empty. And no, and everybody benefits from your being full. And that's what I teach women. I teach women how to identify those things. I teach women how to identify what it is. Who are you? Yeah. And how do you take care of her? Outside of your children, outside of your boo, outside of your parents. I lived a lot for my mom. I lived, I lived a lot for her. Up until my wedding day, I lived a lot for my mother. Yeah. But at the end of the day, who are you? Because if all of these people, if the good Lord said today that they had to go and it was just you, how are you going to function? It's going to hurt. How are you going to function? Who yeah. are you? So that's how it all transition over. Shoot, I was going to ask you like about advice, but I feel like you already given that. You're talking about you <laughs> need to attach your goals to yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to choose you. You need mm-hmm. to like remember what you want. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about pouring out of an empty cup. Keep your cup to yourself. Don't nobody mm-hmm. need it. It's COVID season. You don't need to share your cup anyway. <laughs> yeah. Let them get so, the overflow. Yeah, so I think, I mean, if you ain't get something out of that, I don't know what y'all what y'all <laughs> listening to. You must have your volume down. So 
I really, um, I think those are good things for us to remember, for us to not use our children as excuses or anything, just saying like, all right, if I want to do this, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to make time for it. I'm going to dedicate myself to it and keep it moving, you know, whether it's fitness or business or your job, your career, whatever it is, and know that those things can impact your kids and the people around you in positive ways if you stick to it so I think that's good so if people want to hear more from you and they want to know what else you got going on and they want to see want some more inspiration in their lives and they want to (laughs) sign up for life coaching how do they get in contact with you well they can definitely um I'm more personable I do have a website it is www.com thejasminereynolds.com. They can always get in contact with me there, but come follow me on Instagram. I am thejasminereynolds underscore. Jasmine is spelled with a Y, not an I. Um, But I'm thejasminereynolds underscore on Instagram. Shoot me a DM. Tell me that you heard me on um, Mom's Host of Different podcast, and I might have something for you. No, I absolutely have for you. Um, you guys, I, I'll say this for the first 10 people that hit me up and tell me that they heard me here, they'll get a copy of my book, the power of your P totally free. Um, and if you just go and get the book, learn a little bit more about me and learn a little bit of how I use the power of my P to not only ignite my life, but ignite my business. You can go to www.thepowerofyourp.com to grab a copy of my book. I'm also on Amazon. I'm in Barnes and Noble. Like, yeah, I'm a little bit of everywhere. Um, But yeah, that's how you can rock with your girl. Come over and say hi. Tell me where you heard me. And I would love to connect with you. I'm a personable person now. So come on over and holler at your girl. That's good. You heard it here first, guys. So (laughs) get that book and support and head to IG. I'll have all the information in the bio or I'm saying in the bio like it's Instagram. Um, (laughs) I have the information in the show notes, people. So just go ahead and check that out. I thank you so much, Jasmine, for coming to the podcast. Definitely have uplifted me and I know you'll uplift everyone who's listening. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, wasn't that great? I am so glad Jasmine came and shared her journey with us. But before we go, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, join our email list, and also follow us on Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. I appreciate you for listening, and I'll be back here with you guys next week for another episode of Moms Hustle Different. See ya!